Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here because he's at the Tampa Bay Bucks game. Bucks versus Ravens. He's at that game tonight, so he can't be with us. But as always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. Get 20% off your entire order. And of course, Price Picks. Use Price Picks. Use the promo code 5FIVE and you get a $100 sign-up bonus. You deposit $100, they give you a $100 sign-up bonus. You roll it over once, which means you bet it once, you get it once. So it's essentially a free $100 bet. Take it, F-I-V-E. And of course, Better Edge. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E. BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons. You get $25 just for signing up. All right, Simon. Uh, what do you make of the what's going on in the NFL today? It seems like every either though they're trading the you, sorry. <laughs> Complete accident. <laughs> so you don't have that a just, cough button, is what you're saying. That just came from nowhere and I couldn't reach the button. <laughs> sorry. All right. What do you make of what's going on in the NFL today? Because it either everybody in the league is getting traded by Tuesday, or there's a bunch of bullshit going on by agents. Uh, I'll give you a, the biggest names today. Um, essentially, the the Patriots might make everybody available, including Damian Harris, which I don't understand why you would do something like that. He's a free agent, isn't he, at the end of the year? So Maybe that's why. Um, but the names that I didn't why would the Broncos trade Bradley Chubb? Like, why? Yeah. That, that one makes no sense. I, I just think it's a lot of smoke, mate. I just don't believe that that will... That will happen on any level. I just, I, I don't believe there'll be all these big trades. And um, I mean, if the Bradley Chubb conversation is in line, as is rumored, as is rumored, is in line with the Robert Quinn conversation, don't, don't trade him. Just get a, just get a comp pick for him. I mean, racing to trade a team captain playing at a career best level is beyond puzzling. Do you know what I mean? That just, it yeah. just makes, just makes no sense. I mean, it, it, if the return is a third rounder, then that's not worth it for the, for the Broncos. That just makes. That just makes no sense. And, uh, you know, they've invested all this money on Russell Wilson to be a contender. So I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I saw Bradley Chubb's brother was liking tweets about him getting him, about him getting traded. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to understand that one. And and the one that, that really makes no sense is Josh Allen. And not that Josh Allen. Not the one that, <laughs> not the one that terrorizes us twice a year. Uh, the pass rusher from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why would the Jags trade that guy? Like, that guy's a... He's a budding star. Yeah, he's also a, a really, really good guy. So I can't believe there's any um, issues off the field that would make motivate them to try and to try and trade him. I mean, yeah, twenty three and a half sacks in in three and a half seasons. He was the seventh overall pick. It just again just doesn't make 
any sense whatsoever. I mean, what in what world is a you're just creating a bigger need if you trade him? I mean, that's probably their. I mean, they've just spent a first round pick on the guy to play opposite him. That's probably the team's least depth depth field position. Mm. You know, they also have injury there. Caleb on Chasen's on IR. Their last in sack percentage in the league. I mean, their pass rush would just become a complete black hole if if they did that trade. I just. I, I just think it's I think it's agent talking. I just don't understand that at all. Unless you know what what are they going to get back for it? They're never going to get the same value that they're not going to get the, the the equal of the seventh overall pick. So why would you do it? Yeah, like the only way that makes sense is like if somebody's really going to lose their mind and say, you know what, How, you know what do you say to two first round picks and and a second for Josh Allen? And then of course when he gets here, like I'm not saying the Dolphins are doing it, but let's say you are trading for Josh Allen, you better have like a hundred million dollars ready for him to sign. Yeah. Right, because you're not gonna commit two first round picks and more, so him for for him to walk in a year, right? Like, how does that yeah. make any sense whatsoever? You know, because yeah. any trade for Josh Allen has to be accompanied with like a hundred million dollar contract. So I really don't understand what you know what people are talking about today. These are just agents putting stuff out there. It has to be. Yeah, I I, I mean. I can't for a second think that the Denver Broncos are thinking, you know what? Let's trade our best pass rusher. I mean, for the, like the second year running, why would they do that? <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that? Yeah. And then of course the players are, are buying into it and feeding into it because Alvin Kamara is posting the, the, the gif uh, or the gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn, <laughs> hmm. you know? I mean... Everybody's I liking. I, I think players him. just have a. I think players are just having a bit of fun. Do you know what I mean? That's. <laughs> I get, that's. I mean, Alvin Kamara's not going anywhere either. I don't think. You know, I mean, what? I just. You know. yeah, right. It's it's it's, it's just odd. Uh, let's talk a uh, state state of the the AFC because it seems like it's taken another hit. Um, the returning, you know, the defending, uh, Super Bowl participant from the AFC. Uh. If you had to make a list of the guys that they couldn't afford to lose, Jamar Chase would be right at the top of that list. Uh, I would I would say right after Joe Burrow, it looks like he might be out for the season. He's definitely out at least four to six weeks. Yeah, and he's a candidate for the IR. Um, the AFC coming into this year looked like you know like a juggernaut, right? Like. Like it, it, it looked like there was like maybe eight, nine, ten teams that were legitimate, you know, contenders. I don't know what has gone on with the AFC the last few days because first of all, we we see the Ravens. The Ravens don't like a lead that they can't blow. Okay, the entire AFC West is either injured or they're just bad. Besides the the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are the Chiefs every year, no matter what. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, now lost Mike Williams for five weeks after losing Slater for the balance of the year. Uh, I guess the Raiders are getting healthier. The Broncos are an unmitigated disaster, and their quarterback seems to be having a, a nervous breakdown. I don't know what you make of what Russell Wilson's been doing the last few days, Simon. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean it's that's not just, just odd. the last few days. It's just like his behavior is just so weird. Like, like his so behavior weird. is odd. Like, that's odd, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, what do you make of the state of the AFC? Like, who's good? <laughs> like, we I know mean, the, we know the Bills and the Chiefs are good, but I guess this is opportunity right here is what's knocking for for the Dolphins here. But, but who's good? I mean, you could ask that question about across the NFL. I mean, I think there's only about five or six teams in the NFL that are actually 
of any note in terms of their quality. I mean, the Buffalo are clearly good. The Jets are the biggest fraud in the league. I mean, you look at who they've beaten, you know, and the quarterbacks they've beaten. You take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation on, on a clearly very bad Green Bay Packers team, but they beat Miami's third stringer when the Dolphins had a field goal to go up 20 to 19 with, with nine minutes to go. They they scored those two inexplicable late touchdowns in the last minute and a half against the uh, Browns. Yeah. Um, they they came from what ten points down in the last six minutes to beat the Steelers. Um, you know, and I give them credit from coming for coming from behind. But I mean, you look at the quarterbacks they beat. Them. I mean, they beat Kenny Pickett, Skylar Thompson. Uh, Whoever, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, Mark Rippon, uh, Brett Rippon. It's just like, you know, there's no way that they win that game last week if um if Russell Wilson's playing, regardless of what we we think about Russell Wilson. So, you know, I thought the Patriots were actually all right until they absolutely laid the biggest turd I've ever seen. And uh, <laughs> what on, was on that? Terrible. <laughs> the Ravens are the Ravens. The Bengals, you know, yeah, they've still got player. They've still got T Higgins, and they've still got Tyler Boyd, and they've still got Mike Thomas, and they've still got you know. Hayden Hurst and and uh, what's his name out of the backfield, Joe Mixon and so you know I, and obviously Joe Burrow. So I don't worry so much about them. Steelers aren't good. Browns probably going to be out of the playoff race before Deshaun Watson comes back. The Titans, Ryan Tannehill's playing pretty well. Derek Henry's pretty, playing pretty well. The Colts are done. The Jaguars are done. The Texans are done. The Chiefs are good. The Chargers are just so injured. The team I would keep an eye on is the Raiders. Yeah, I think you know they've lost four games, but the four games that they've lost. Uh, have all been one possession games. Um, they could easily be they could easily be six and one. The Raiders, to be fair, mm. um, and I, I think the Broncos are done as well. I think Nathaniel Hackett will be the first coach to get fired. Uh, and and actually, there's a rumor over here that if he loses on Sunday, he might get fired on the way back, the way that um, Joe Philbin did uh, a few years ago. So, yeah, I mean, I just I mean, even look at the NFC. Look, you know, the Eagles are clearly a good team. The Giants have got a good record, but are they a six and one team? I doubt it. The Cowboys, they're okay. Their defense is pretty good. Micah Parsons is top three or four players overall in the league. Washington aren't good. The Vikings, I mean, we should have beaten the Vikings. Mm. You know how they were, how they, how we lost to them is astounding. The rest of the NFC North is trash. The NFC South is bad. You know, there's not a good team there. The Buccaneers are awful. I mean, the Seahawks are the one team that are interesting because Geno Smith is legitimately playing in a, a top five yes. level. Uh, of any player in the league, he's a you know a legit MVP candidate. He big absolutely is, which is odd, right? It's yeah, one of the it? craziest things you could say, right? I know. And then big game Sunday with the Rams and the 49ers. You know, the 49ers kind of you think, okay, their defense is really playing at a high level, and they got Christian McCaffrey, and you know Jimmy can kind of navigate the waters, but they got an absolute spanking at home against the hands uh, the hands of the Chiefs. So big game against the Rams on on Sunday because the Rams are still sputtering and. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's very, you know, I, I think there's probably five good teams, eight good teams total in the league. And I think the Dolphins are absolutely one of those. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Now, now our, our listeners and our, and our members on OnlyFans, you know, they love the transaction. And let's face it, we, we kind of love the transaction, too. You know, we do we do an entire month worth of, of shows on the draft okay it's kind of fun do the dolphins need to do something by by tuesday's deadline or can they just stay pat and say look well you know we're getting healthier by the day sorry repeat the question now you just broke up with it. yeah uh do the dolphins need to do something by tuesday's deadline or can they just stay pat and say look we're gonna get healthier by the day and we don't really need to do anything or would you be out there trying to do something by tuesday 
to improve this roster? It depends what the value is. It depends what the value is. Um, like your teams aren't giving away great players, and you essentially have to over. There's very few Von Millers out there. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. um, yeah, it's not. I, I just don't think we're. You know, I don't think that. Um, you know, Von Miller isn't walking through the door. Do you know what I mean? You look mm. at cornerbacks and, you know, there's been, you look at a Greedy Williams, you look at, you know, Deontay. These are, you know, te- good teams aren't giving away good players. That's that's the the thing, isn't it? So it's, um, it's an issue, I think. It's, uh, you know, because the Dolphins do need help at the cornerback department. They do need help on the offensive line. Although if they get Austin Jackson back and if Teron Armstead's getting back, Liam Arkenberg beginning to pick up, I think Brandon Shell has been excellent, actually. So yeah. all of a sudden, the, the offensive line becomes a bit of a strip. Becomes okay. Greg yeah. Little comes back from the hand injury. It's okay. Losing Brandon Jones is, you know, but you've got Eric Rowe, you've got Elijah Campbell, you've got um, Vero McKinley, who they clearly like because he he played quite a bit on on Thursday uh, on um, Sunday. Sorry. So um, you know, you might try and sneak a corner in, but and the biggest question that the Dolphins are, uh, we don't know the answer to, and therefore. It is dependent on what they do. Is that you know when is Byron Jones coming back? Is he a week away? Is he out for the season? Is he you know what's the situation? Because if they think he's going to be back in ten days, they probably don't make a move, right? Because they're going mm. to get Crossan back. They're going to get Kohu back. They can probably mend and make do. Yeah, uh, especially on this stretch when they're not playing some massive teams. But yeah, because Kohu Kohu has become look that's that's a credit to Greer and and his scouting staff. Uh, Cater Kohu has now become an essential player. Like this is a guy that you could picture replacing Nick Needham in the slot maybe next year. You know, so you know Cater Kohu is well, he's expected back, but he's kind of an essential player. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, but they're gonna have to. They're going to have to, for lack of a better word, they're going to have to issue Byron Jones an ultimatum, I would say. Yeah. Like they're going to have to tell him, look, you're playing or you're not playing? Because if you're playing, we're in pretty good shape. If, if you're not playing, we're going to have to replace you somehow. Right? And let me, let, me, let me run this one by you. I don't understand, you know, why this was – look, I would have done this deal already – but the, it does come at a cost, okay? It could come at a cost that it could be, it could completely blow up in your face if you do it, and the guy's not not good anymore. The Colts fancied themselves Super Bowl contenders before the season, and they spent a lot of money. Some of that money that they spent, I guess, was ill-advised on Stephon Gilmore. They give him two years, $20 million, which means he's on the hook for $10 million more next year, and I believe almost all of it is guaranteed. He's an older guy. He's 33. Would you send a, a day three pick to the Colts for Stephon Gilmore and just tell Byron Jones, look, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> see you next year, right? Yeah, I, I just I, I just don't see the Colts giving up. I mean, whatever we think of the Colts and the way that they're performing, which isn't great, but whatever we think of them, it's it feels to me as though why would a team that's 3-3-1 three, three and one give up their best corner? They still must have aspirations in a bad division of trying to make the playoffs. I know they've Maybe. switched to Sam Ellinger, but I, I just don't think that they're a team that's necessarily shelling off players just for the sake of things. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you would do it, and tie oh, up, I would do it for the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, although you're taking on a fairly. I mean, I think what the Dolphins seven million under the cap, and he's got ten, 10 million left on another one year deal. So, you know, 
there are financial. Yeah, he would fit this year, but next year, you know, you're you're basically taking on ten million dollars next year on an older guy. Yeah, when you already have Byron Jones, you have to make a decision on, you know. Yeah, so so it, it would leave you work to do for next year. You essentially had to pick between one of the two guys, and obviously, I would pick Byron because he's younger; he's three years younger. Yeah, but you know, he's not he's not playing right now. Yeah, agreed. And and the biggest question for for um. The biggest question for um, Miami is what what is the situation? You know, what is happening with Byron? You know because they need him. They need him back. You know, and th- so many of those problems go away if if Byron Jones is back. That's mm-hmm. the annoying thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, part of me thinks part of me thinks you want to get him back. You hope that he comes back towards the end of this stretch of sort of average games, just as you then hit Buffalo away, Green Bay on Christmas Day those last four or five games where it gets really tough. You know what I mean? Because if he's back for that, then, you know, that's when teams are are getting, generally getting um, more injured themselves. And all of a sudden you're bringing back in a, a pretty high level, elite level cornerback, you know, which is not many teams can, not many teams can do that. And all of a sudden you're bringing this guy back into the mix and, and mm. that would be pretty special down the stretch. So. Yeah. But it's been, it's been a really odd, odd time because, uh, come on you know the coach said yeah yeah you know no don't worry about it we asked them all throughout training camp you think you're gonna have byron for game one week one uh by the way it's week seven yeah <laughs> okay are you gonna have him for week, week one and he kept saying yeah 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 no problem yeah he'll be here he'll be here we're, we're pretty confident about that and he was really confident until like a week before week one he was still saying yeah, yeah we're pretty confident about that Till he was asked last week, and he's like, "Look, I'm, I'm never, I'm not going to do that ever again because I just don't know, <laughs> you know." But it's it's been an odd time, and I guess I can't wait to hear Barry Jackson ask the question once again on Monday, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, to see what's going on with, with Byron Jones because he is there. It's not like he's in Aruba or you know, or in in Europe somewhere, you know, <laughs> hiding from the team. He's in the building. He's on the sidelines when they play games. Okay, yeah. uh, you, you could see him. Like you know, throw on the tape from the the Steeler game. He's standing right next to Sam Madison. Okay, and he's high fiving with which you know th- that one was kind of odd when he started jumping up and down after the Javon Holland interception. And I'm thinking to myself, Byron, if you could jump up and up and down, don't hurt yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like you know, shouldn't you be playing if you can jump up and down? So it's an odd one. We got to see what's going on. One last thing on the trade front: uh, you switching out Chase Edmonds or no? I mean, look, it's like people are wanting to switch out Cedric Wilson, and you know, Wilson, hook me up when you can play in the NFL with broken ribs. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason mm-hmm. why Cedric Wilson hasn't played. Uh, Cedric Wilson is a good player and people just need to go back and look at his Dallas tape, go and look at his Boise State tape, look and see what he does, look and see what he offers. The yak ability, the, the, there are going to be some trick plays with Cedric Wilson down the stretch on this team. He was a high school quarterback and can seriously throw the ball. You know, he threw touchdowns at Boise State, he threw a, a kick return, he, he fielded it, threw it across the field, Garmas took it to the house, he threw a touchdown for the Cowboys to Dak Prescott. He's got elite movement skills, get great yak, uh, he's a good player. He'll come back into the mix. Um, Chase Edmonds is fine. Chase Edmonds has had the biggest run of the season, which is the 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 the, the call on first down against the Ravens to get down where two of them threw the touchdown to Jalen Waddle. He had a couple of nice runs on Sunday night. Yes, he had the fourth down play that was 
a bit of an abomination where he didn't take the lane outside. He cut back inside because I think he saw Cam Hayward coming through and uh, and wasn't sure he'd get to the edge. But like, yes, and yes, he's had two or three inexplicable drops, including the one in the end zone against against Cincinnati. It will come back to him. He's a good player. He's got speed. He has got vision. He's tough. He can catch the ball. He'll be fine. He'll be absolutely fine. All right. Uh, We're going to go to break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we're back. All right, Simon. They got a little stretch here, the Dolphins. Uh, four and three. They're favored in the next four games. Uh, like I said uh, before, I'm actually, I actually am a math major. That makes them eight and three after this entire stretch. And man, eight and three. Wow. Like that's a that's a record. Okay. Like you could sit on eight and three and start thinking about all kinds of things in January. Uh, but you can't get to eight and three if you don't get this one. What do you make of the Lions? They the first four weeks, actually no, I got it right. Here. The first five weeks, they were the number one offense in the NFL, the number one scoring offense through three weeks. They've scored six points in the last two games, six. Yeah. What do you make of that team? I think they are a good team. I think this is a massive trap game for the Dolphins. I think they've got good players, good young players. Whether that's the guys up front with Aiden Aiden Hutchinson and Aline McNeil and. The linebackers are good. Malcolm Rodriguez, Jeff Akuda's playing one well in the secondary. They've got the best offensive line in the league. Uh, I'm not sure what the status of DeAndre Swift is. I know that he was limited in practice yesterday. Looking see. like he could play. Yeah, uh, same with um, Amon Ross St. Brown. And that's uh, an issue. Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown, like uh, a lot of people don't know who he is. Uh, you could t- you could talk about him because you were pretty high on him. Yeah, I loved him. He's I a star. He's, he's, he's a legitimate wide receiver star in the NFL. I thought he was a great player at USC. I thought he was reminded me of Jarvis Landry. Um, he's got a bit more juice. Excuse the pun. He had a bit more juice in terms of his, just his uh, speed, quickness. 
um, with the ball in his hands. He's just a he's just a super player. Um, TJ Hawkinson's a good tight end. Um, and Jared Goff can get hot. You know, you look at the game against the Seahawks, it was 45-43 or 48-45 or whatever it was. I mean, but this, this is critical now for the Dolphins because you talked about now four and three. You've got the Lions, you've got the Bears, you've got the Browns, you've got the Texans. Eight and three. They can't afford to drop one of these games because then you go 49ers on the road, Chargers on the road, Bills on the road. You know, three back-to-back-to-back road games. Then you've got the Packers who should have sorted their offense out by Christmas Day, right, at home. Mm-hmm. Then you're on the road at the Patriots, home against the Jets. So you've got this run of four games. You can't afford to drop. Like, you win... You win all these four games, get yourself to eight wins, right? I mean, even if you go three and three on the last three games, yeah, you're, you're, you're making the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? But if you lose one of these games, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans, that means you've got to go four and two. So that means, you know, Patriots, Jets, Packers, and then one of Bills, 49ers, Chargers, you've got to win, and all three are on the road, right? So mm-hmm. the more games you lose in this next stretch, the more games in the really difficult back end of the season you're going to have to because you know McCaffrey will have the the offense under his legs. You know the 49ers will be better. You know the Chargers are still talented; they've still got good players. Herbert, it's Eckler, Derwin James, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Bills are the best team in the league, right? The Packers might figure it all out, and they've still got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, all those guys, right? Jair Alexander, mm-hmm. Patriots. You know the Patriots have played some tough games. This I know that they shat the bed on on, on um, Sunday Monday night, but you know they look. And you like don't know what the weather. You don't know what the weather's going to be like in New England. But, yeah, but absolutely. And then the Jets are the you know the Jets are the Jets at home. But the more games that you lose over the next four weeks, the more games you're going to have to win in this six. And you win all four, you get yourself to eight and three. Well, if you lose to the Forty Nineers, the Chargers you're eight and five. If you lose to the Bills, you're eight and six. But then let's say you beat the Packers, the Patriots. And the Jets, you're 11 and six, right? And you pick up mm-hmm. one of those road games, 49ers or Chargers. Let's say you lose to the 49ers, you're eight and four, but you beat the Chargers, you're nine and four. Two wins out of the last four games, of which three of those games are at home, Green Bay, at home, Jets, road, Patriots. You'd be expected to pick two of those up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why this next four weeks is just absolutely monster for the Dolphins. I just think you've got to come out four and oh, otherwise you're just struggling to pick up on that last that last section. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like these are these are these are must wins. The, these these four games, every game that you lose in the next four, because you're favored in 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 the, in the next four, you start erasing some of the good ones. Like you erase the Bills win. Like the Bills win right now is what has them sitting the the prettiest, because you have a win. Uh, look, look at all your competitors. You know, uh, the Patriots and Jets. I don't know if, you, if we're competing for with them for a playoff spot, but guess what? Both of them have two Bills games still left on their schedule. The Jets will be out of the running, mate. The yeah. Jets will be out of the running. You know, and then, you know, uh, you look at the, like, who has a tiebreaker? The Bengals. They just took a, an injury with Jamar Chase, and if you look at their, their schedule coming up, it begins to toughen up a little bit. So, you know, it's kind of set up for them. You just go eight and three, man. You, you can't you can't sit any prettier. But, yeah, m- maybe it's as simple as these last two two weeks – the Lions, they scored six points. They got shut out against the Patriots. They scored six against the, the Cowboys. They haven't looked good, but they're getting healthier. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is coming back. Josh Reynolds is a really good wide receiver, by the way. Yeah. And TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends. Like, you look at them, there's, like, legitimate talent on that offense. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if 
the our offense is going to have to score some points to to win this game because there's talent there. Like they could easily revert back to what they were the first three weeks. You you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I but I think the point that you make is apposite about the Bills. You you, you don't want to raise the Bills win or the Baltimore win by by losing to the Texans or losing to the Bears or. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We did, these are now the games you just got to go and stamp on the throat of these teams a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to take the Lions outside the woodshed and just beat them down. You know, you're inside on that fast field at Ford Field. You, you've got, and look, we saw the juice that that came back with Tua coming back. We saw, and we saw how Pittsburgh, and we talked about it in OnlyFans, we saw how Pittsburgh um, changed things up early on after the the, the issues with the defense on those first three drives. And, you know, they're able to do that because you can play Minka Fitzpatrick as an elite free safety single high, and then you can flood the mm-hmm. middle of the field, which is what they did perfectly. Detroit can't do that. They don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick at safety to be able to do that. So they're going to have to play too deep. Now, too deep is going to stop the deep ball down the field, but it's not going to stop the crosses underneath. It's not going to stop the the stuff that Miami do, unless they feel like, well, maybe we are going to play single high and we're going to flood. We're going to do what the, the Steelers did, but pick your poison. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they bet that Tua can't get it over the top, and they can that they'll do it that way. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, so, no, and that defense is going to have to do certain things differently. Uh, they're just going to have to because yeah, it is it's the it worst, is, it's it's the worst I, defense in the league. Yeah, and and I I know we don't care too much about PFF, but I, I thought it was it, it's it's hilarious that they have a graphic. Uh, you know who their number one rated wide receiver in the NFL is? Uh, no, hit me, Tyreek Hill, of course. Oh, okay. Okay, they have him rated as the number one wide receiver. You know who's rated as the worst cornerback in all of football? He's ranked 101st. Uh, Amani Arawarie? Yes, yes. How is it? That's a good guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's an that's an insane matchup if you we actually see it. But you look at the, these Detroit defense, they're going to have to do things differently. They keep rushing Aiden Hutchinson from the blind side. They're going to have to switch him over because – are you going to render your rookie worthless against Teron Armstead? Yeah. I don't think that makes a lot of sense, right? But also they're going to, you know, they're in a situation where they're playing, um, what's his name? The rookie out of Illinois, Kirby Joseph, uh, at free safety. Mm. You're not going to sit Kirby Joseph single high. You're just not, you're just not going to, you're just not going to do that. That's just not how it's going to work, you know, at all. If you, you can't do that. That, I mean, that's just asking for, that's asking for trouble. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they're going to have to. Uh, and what that means for Miami is that the run game, the underneath stuff, the crosses in the run game, your, your safety is not going to touch you until you're seven, eight yards down the field. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because they're going to have to play deep to respect the, you know, the the long, the down the field ball threat with Waddle and, and with Hill. You know, that's just the, that's just the nature of it. And, you know, you, you, you're playing Deshaun Elliott and, and Kirby Joseph at, uh, a safety well you're not going to leave either one of those on an island mm. because you, the only way you're going to stop yourself getting burned is is the hope that Orowarie or Akuda are going to be able to come over from the blind side if, you, if you're going deep and they're just not going to be able to, they're, they're just not going to be able to do that so then the pressure then just falls on Malcolm Rodriguez and Alex Anzalone to try and to try and cover underneath and yeah I just think this like I've said this like four or five weeks running you watch the All-22, and there are so many players running wide open in this Dolphin offense. Mm-hmm. It feels to me like this could be a statement where they could put up 35, 38 points and really 
just continue to send out a marker. You know, the Dolphins are back. You know, they, they should have beaten the Steelers by a lot and they didn't. And they got away with a one or two, but they, you know, just come on, take this Lions team apart. Let's go to five and three. Let's, you know, get people talking about us and let's, you know, let's head to Soldier Field and take down the Bears, you know, because that's not a very good football team either. So, yeah, I think that the, the Cowboys and Lions game, I think is instructive of, you know, of where they're, they're at right now. Um, that game, if you watch it, it was, the score was 10, six deep into, well, into the fourth quarter, it was 10, six Cowboys. And then the Cowboys just capitalized late with two touchdowns. Um, I mean, Detroit should have won that game because that Detroit were driving to win the game or to take the lead. And then Jamal Williams fumbles at the goal line. Yes. But they're not a bad team, which is why I said earlier on, don't make it a trap game because, you know, if the Dolphins just go in thinking we're going to run up, we're going to be this, that they'll they'll get beaten. Yeah, and they cannot afford to go to four and four, mate. They just can't. Yeah, and the Cowboys played a game which was, you know, Prescott only threw the ball twenty five times. They ran it a lot. Uh, you know, they played more ball control more than anything. I don't think the Dolphins can play that way. I understand that, that Mike McDaniel wants to get the run game going. But they're they're at their best when they just throw the ball. I, I looked at that Steeler game. I looked at the all twenty two again, and I was like, I can't. I, I don't understand. You know, they keep missing these big plays that would blow that game open. Like we were we were so close to twenty three to ten score, and maybe even possibly a thirty to ten score if everything goes their way offensively. And I kept thinking to myself, man, what's what's missing here? Because yeah. you know they 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 started a drive with a forty two yard completion. And they got no points out of it. Now, you explain to me, Simon, how that's possible in the NFL to have a 42-yard completion and not get, you know, and no penalties, by the way, a 42-yard completion and not get any points out of that drive. Yeah, it makes zero sense. Yeah, and I think, it. you know, I understand, yeah, they want to get the run game going, but not at the expense of the entire offense, you know. If if we were laying down the marker, look, our best players are those two wide receivers – Man, keep pushing the ball with those two guys because that's what they do best. You know, right. I think that's the, that's the type of game. Look, if Tua has to throw it forty-five times, but we score thirty-five points, then I guess that's the offense we're going to be, and we'll work on the run game next week. But again, <laughs> just uh, just get the win. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't just how it done. Just you know, let's worry about style points later on. Let's just get the win. Yeah, just just play to your strengths, and 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 it's weighing heavy on Mike McDaniel because you see him; he talks about it consistently. I thought uh, he tried to get the run game going way too much in the second half at the expense of the entire offense, and it kind of short-circuited them because uh, it was it was kind of odd. First of all, the team is number two in the NFL of runs over ten yards, and they don't even run the ball that much. But the problem was in that in that Steeler game; you could see it. There was a bunch of first down runs for one or two or zero yards like Mm. that's a recipe for punting all right all right so it's dolphins and it's lions what's happening what's happening on sunday simon uh what's the score sorry do you mean yeah yeah i think dolphins 35 lions 17 i think something similar to that i think that I, i do think that this lion offense is getting some people back uh, Amon, yeah, team than you think overall, definitely. Yeah, they're getting some people back. I think their offense is going to look a little bit better. I think there'll be a scare in here somewhere. But I do like our defense. I think our our pass rush is coming on. I think we have a lot of good young players on that defense that are starting to feel it a little bit more. Uh, Javon Holland, 
Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips is about to take off. Like I, you know, if in four weeks Jalen Phillips is at ten sacks, I wouldn't be shocked. He has three already, so I think our defense is going to be good enough to keep them at bay. But the Lions look competent, let's say, and I got the Dolphins yeah, they're thirty-four. Better, they're better than their record, definitely. Yeah, I think that I got the Dolphins thirty-four, Lions twenty-one. All right. That's it. The next time we talk to you, we'll have results and we'll start looking forward to the following week against the Bears and we'll recap this one. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.